All right, it's that time of the night. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the USA Rugby Happy Hour Live. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, consider this point of the show like um, everyone's walking in to see Sally, Jesse, Raphael. You're taking your seats. Everyone's getting warmed up. And there's like the, the pre-show uh, comedian or something like that's up there. That's not me, but think of it that way. So as people come in, let's everyone get comfortable, grab yourself a drink, and let's get going. We are here for the next hour to talk USA Rugby. Uh, to get further updates on future shows and news about USA Rugby, Major League Rugby, and more, follow Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning here on Twitter and most other social media channels. Uh, tonight's show is brought to you by Myoderm, a leader in CBD products. Save 20% on your order with discount code EAGLES at myoderm.com. That's M-Y-A-D-E-R-M.com. And speaking of Myoderm, congrats to our Myoderm pack winner from our last show, Ryan Kirby. Uh, look forward to, get, to giving more away you know, from Myoderm. They're a great company. I am Bill Baker of Eagles Overseas, host of Eagle-Eyed Rugby Podcast. Hey, and my co-host is here, John Fitzpatrick. Hey, Bill, good. Good evening, everyone. And Bill, I just got to say, you dated yourself with that reference. Sally, Sally Jesse, Raphael. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> hey, can I mute you? <laughs> <laughs> so soon in the show? <laughs> so soon. But uh, anyway, John, I'm looking forward to tonight. We got, we've got we got really good guests. We've got three guests tonight. It's going to be freaking awesome if you ask me. We've got a lot to talk about. You know, we got not just one, not two, but three boots on the ground in New Zealand who are willing to talk to us, which even is even a better thing that they're willing to talk to us. So before we get to that, let's uh, let's kick in some news. John, take it away. Yeah, sure. Let's just start with uh, Major League Rugby. There's been a flurry of MLR player signings and re-signings the last two weeks. I think probably the biggest one would be uh, San Diego Legion trading for USA Eagle Marcel Brocky. But the biggest intrigue is a report by John Newcomb that a UK-led group are reportedly planning to buy the LA MLR franchise. So, you know, this offseason has been quiet on the Austin and LA situations, but perhaps there will be an LA team in MLR in 2023 after all. Bill, stay tuned for more, I guess. Yeah, I'm pumped. There's been some really good news on MLR going around lately online. A lot of trades. Actually, a lot more trades than I expect, expect I've seen in the past, but... Uh, let's jump into some overseas stuff. First of all, the squad for this weekend's World Cup match against Japan was just released a couple hours ago. A few changes of the note that I noticed. Uh, Maya Beiser comes in at fullback, moving a left Kelter to centers. Uh, veteran uh, Katie Benson will have a chance to earn her 30th cap. There's only been 10 women's Eagles who have ever done so, including one of our guests later on tonight. Uh, this match can be viewed on Peacock at 9.30 p.m. Pacific time Friday. Uh, 12.30 a.m. Eastern Time. That's going to suck for me. Uh, but the replay is on Saturday at 10 a.m. on CNBC. Also this week, USA Men's Falcons face Uruguay 15th tomorrow. Uh, 6.40 p.m. Eastern Time kickoff. Live stream to be announced. Uh, we'll be sure to post it here on uh, Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning as soon as possible. Then Friday, uh, USA National A team faces the Toyota Cheetahs. That's Ruben DeHaas' former club, also his father and grandfather. That's, that's a cool story. Uh, some of the names uh, that we expect to see in Dubai who are in the starting 15 include Paul Asike, Christian Dyer, Nick Savetta, Bryce Campbell, and more are all in the squad. So that should be a good one to watch. And you can watch that on Flow Rugby at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday. So I'm looking forward to skipping out of work to get into that. All right, speaking of getting into things, let's get into it. We've got a couple guests right now joining us. Let's 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 introduce them both right now. Uh, dialing all the way in from the land of the long white cloud, also known as New Zealand. That's what uh, Wikipedia gets me. <laughs> She's a member of the 2017 and this year's Rugby World Cup player pool, WPL board member and current member of Colorado Great Wolves. I hope they all got that all right. Sam Luther. Hi, Sam. Hi, thanks for having me. 
Did I get any of that right? <laughs> All of it right. Yeah, you did great. Ooh. And there's lots more, but we don't have that much time. Uh, also joining us is a member of the 2010 and 2014 USA World Cup teams, a barbarian and also cup, uh, coach of the WPL All Blues, to name a few things also. Welcome, Hannah. Yeah, thanks. Good to have us. Um, you must have wikipedia something, huh? Well done. Dude, our <laughs> our, um, our uh, research uh, intern, her name is um, Pedia Wiki. Um, it's, <laughs> so it's, it's good. She's good. <laughs> she deserved a raise. Move her intern. So are you two traveling together? We yeah. are. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've... um. Sam got over here last Saturday um, before the start of first day of World Cup, and uh, we'll be here through through the end. John, take note there because we have some fun questions at the end, so John knows what to write down. So, Hannah, since we're talking now, you know, we, we talked briefly. You've been coaching All Blues um, in California, but you have been in New Zealand for a while now. Um, you know, you, no stranger to New Zealand. Obviously, you played for Otago um, in the FPC a few years ago. Other than the World Cup, you know, what brought what brought you back to New Zealand? Are you climbing? like New Zealand's version of the Appalachian Trail? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, we did go out hiking yesterday, and I met a guy who's doing the Tararoa. But um, nice. interestingly, no, no, there's not quite enough time to do it. But no, I, I came back over to um, help coach with Otago for the FPC season in July after we finished up our WPL campaign end of June. So just wanted to get a couple of couple of months in and just sort of see things um what scott manson has done with the management group down there um you know it was different as a player so just good to see some of the the coaching side of things now hannah i, I, I just thought of this right now you know is that so players off, oftentimes go overseas get more experience or whatever and come back or get more experience even at home is that the same thing for you as a coach is this a learning experience for you as well yeah absolutely i mean some some you know, I, I sort of take a, a different route, I think, but a lot of this is just any way we can develop as coaches is good. And I think gaining different perspectives and seeing things from different parts of the world, um, how they're executed, it, it can all, only benefit us. Um, you know, you get to pick and choose sort of the things that you really like and bring it back to your own programs. Um, and then, you know, sort of see what doesn't work for you. Um, sometimes that's just as good, but just being able to sort of, you know, more tools in the toolbox, just like as a player, not, not a bad thing. And Sam, uh, you, uh, like we just heard you here just for the first week so far, you know, how, how has your trip been so far? I mean, you got thrown right into it pretty much what a day into it. You were at the USA match. For sure. Yeah. Just a little overnight flight and then you're jumping straight into the side, uh, the, the stands to cheer on the girls. Right. So um, it's been awesome. It's absolutely beautiful here. Um, I m maybe a little bit less, less hiking. I'm not quite as adventurous as Hannah Soba, <laughs> but, um, it's, it's stunning. That's great, Sam. Let's, yeah, let's, you mentioned it USA versus uh, let's jump right in and, 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 and talk about it here. Sam, I understand you might be a little bit hoarse from cheering on the Eagles, um, last <laughs> weekend. What I mean, you, you said it was beautiful here. What was the atmosphere like at the stadium? There, there was a there was a really good crowd there. What was the atmosphere like from your point of view? Well, well, Saturday the the first day of games was was awesome. Um, by the time it got to the third game, which was uh, the um, New Zealand game, right? Like it 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 felt like a Pats game. Stands were packed. Play like it was just tears were shed during the haka it was it was really a moving experience as a a player and a fan to to see that level of support and excitement and then sunday 
honestly, I was I was probably on on planet Mars in my own head on Sunday <laughs> on the sidelines there cheering on USA. So from my perspective, the the atmosphere was was awesome, and and the support for especially the USA team was was out of control. But I might be a little biased. <laughs> and, and Sam and Hannah, feel free to both jump in on, on this one here. But talking a little bit about that Italy match, I mean, the, you know, the pack, they started off real strong three minutes in. You know, we had a – there was a – Haley scored her, her first World Cup try. A lot was kind of going US, USA's way early, a lot of possession. What what kind of went wrong there? What what kind of slipped away over the um, that first half and then going into the second half? From your takeaway, what was your take on how things kind of – what went wrong or what broke down? I don't know. I don't know if it's uh, what went wrong so much as we let the momentum shift there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for me, that just these girls have worked so hard and it's um, really want to see them come out with that swagger that they've earned, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it, it seemed just a little bit like uh, nerves, to be honest, from my perspective. Yeah. And then Hannah, as a as a coach, you know, what would you be telling the players after a loss to Italy, knowing that they've got, you know, to seemingly probably have to put up a big number against Japan and, of course, you know, that big test in the final pool there against Canada. What are, what are you telling the players after a loss like this? Yeah, I think um, when, you, when you're talking about, like, Italy's a good side, right? And I think yeah. we've seen them develop and grow pretty quickly. So all respect to them um, because I think they, they definitely sort of beat us and, and they earned it. Um, but I would say part of this is like some of the, some of the best rugby that can be played is when you're a little bit wounded. So you get to, you get to go out and just sort of put everything on the line and probably play a little less, um, a little less handcuffed to what you feel like you might need to as a player. Um, and so just being able to sort of, to to throw everything at them, you know, like throw the kitchen sink at them. We got to get a bunch of points on the board and and let's do it, you know? And Hannah, while I still have you, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about, the other matches come up soon here in a minute, but um, looking at these other teams, you mentioned the first day of games or Sam did, um, you know, some really good matches out there. You mentioned Washington Hawk and up too, but when you look at Italy, like their growth has been amazing, you know, other nations, their growth has been amazing. You played before Sam and a bunch of these other players as well. So in your, in your opinion, Hannah, what's the difference in the growth in the game in this world? Why, has U.S. has USA just kind of plateaued? Um, are they increasing in, in in talent or skills, or is just the rest of the world just catching up quicker? Yeah, I mean, I I think like obviously this is all just sort of my personal opinion, but I think yeah. we've gotten to the point where um, we really need to start thinking about what we can put in place to um, what processes we need to put in place to get us to win a World Cup. Um, and I think we're a little gun shy in saying that, and so I think a lot of this is you know we're Sometimes we end up playing not to lose. Sometimes, you know, like a country like Italy has put a bunch of resources into their program and that sort of gives them maybe a mental, like a mental buildup um, or just a, a little bit of a mental hierarchy there. But I think just in general, um, if we can just continue to, to focus on the processes that we have and put some things in place to, to put ourselves in really great space uh, mentally, physically, to to go out and train together, you know, like obviously more time together would be a a major way for us to be able to increase, I think our productivity just in general. Um, But yeah, there's, there's no perfect answer. Like there's, you know, we're, we're running into like, sure we have less resources, but um, we've got some pretty good athletes. So let's figure out how to, 
how to try and keep up as much as we can off paper and then on paper just throw everything out i guess yeah so let's let's step forward guys um let's go usa japan uh neither one of you played against Japan. uh the one and only time usa did which was a 121 nothing win for eagles and that was number of years ago um or maybe assistant coach uh, uh jamie burke did i think she was on that in that match but no one expects that outcome obviously um like, like i said a minute ago a lot of these nations have grown and improved including japan they're not going to be an easy match but um in your opinion sam or hannah either one of you when you're there i mean what do you expect to see from usa especially after that um italy match i mean i think i sort of alluded to it a little bit earlier but like yeah you know i guess we'll use the metaphor but like throw the kitchen sink at them right we we've got to win and we've got to um, we've got to do it with a little bit of style and with quite a few points on the board. So let's just, um, let's go all out. Um, it's not just about winning a point of contact. It's putting some points on the board. So let's, um, let's just throw everything we can at them, um, and do that early, do it often. And yeah, see if we can just sort of get the mental leg up that way. That would be my Japan the other day was, was class, right? Like they, they played well to their system. Um, so I think, I think going in with the perspective of, of certainly nothing is, um, a given, right. And just really executing to our skill sets and to our game plan and, and not so much worry about, um, what they're doing across the mark and just really doing our bits. Right. Yeah. And both of you, um, so I was at my collegians, uh, collegians uh, rugby team's 50th anniversary recently and went out to the old boys match. And I was sitting on the sidelines going, give me some boots, give me some shorts. I can do this. I know I knee surgery, but put me in. <laughs> but as you two, now, Sam, I saw a cutaway of you uh, during the game and you had the USA jersey on. Come on, you two are like, hold me back, get me out there pretty much, right? <laughs> Honestly, um, I have I have full, so much pride and faith in everyone on that roster right now um that's that's not really where my brain and my perspective is at anymore my job is to be full hype man um in the stands uh and and they don't they don't need me they've got everything um that they need uh within that roster today i think yeah i think i i had made a joke to rob a couple years ago that i would just be stephen donald and I'd be white baiting on the west coast of New Zealand if they needed to throw me in an extra tiny jersey, um, you know. But I don't think he got it. He's British. He doesn't quite get the Kiwiisms. Um, so yeah, and and I haven't picked up the name the Beaver yet, which is I'm, I'm happy about that. Uh, but just in general, no. I think like for me, it's been a really good um, transition into coaching. Right, I've sort of been doing it off and on for ten years, and um, I like this perspective that it's actually giving me. Um, and it, yeah, we always miss playing. I think there's always going to be that bit of missing True. playing. Uh, but just in general, I'm, I'm really enjoying the, the coaching side of things. And so being able to come at it and look at it from that perspective, I think is one that I'm, I'm appreciating right now. Hannah, you, you, you played, let's talk about playing in a rugby world cup. You played in two, 2010, 2014. Um, what was your experience like playing in, in the rugby world cup? Yeah, well, to be fair, I mean, I, I'll say I went to 2010, but I did not play. Um, I was an injury reserve that got called up after the first match um, when a teammate got injured. But I, um, the experience, I think, being at those two different World Cups with two different head coaches, mm -hmm. um, you know, and just sort of seeing the different ways coaches run their programs, uh, I think that's, that's giving me a lot of um, sort of background and just – 
you know, information just for myself on, on how I want to approach things. So I appreciate that. But playing in a World Cup, you know, there's there's certain moments that you just cannot forget. I mean, Sharon Blaney and I will forever talk about, you know, the, the game against Kazakhstan where we just narrated ourselves to, you know, what we felt was probably the most beautiful moment of rugby in both of our lives, you know, in a lot of ways. So it, it, there's certain things that you definitely take and you remember. Um, but I think part of it is sometimes you forget to just enjoy being here. So that's one of the things for players is, is really making sure that you, you realize all the work that you put in and, and that you're here because of that. Um, that's not always an easy thing to remember as a player. Sure. Absolutely. I can imagine, you know, just the emotion and the, the raw adrenaline that is flowing through you when you step on the pitch uh, to represent uh, your team must be really neat. And we're going to be talking with Hope Rogers a little bit later here, but she's playing in her third World Cup now. Um, you know, it's certainly, um, you know, right, there's probably stuff you learned, you know, again, 2010 traveling uh, reserve, but then 2014 playing. Was the, the experience the second time around different? Did you take it took less of it for granted? Was your approach a little bit different? Was there anything different about their first or second experience? Yeah, I mean, totally, totally different just because both of those programs were so different, you know? My first experience being under Kathy Flores and the second under Pete Steinberg, like both of those programs were run very differently um, from those sides of it. So again, like I said, it's, it's one of those things where as a player, you just learn to adapt and grow um, and do the best you possibly can with, with what you've got. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I guess I was sort of thinking like one of my favorite things about playing at a world cup, one of the, one of the biggest memories outside of that, um, that one scores, you know, just the, the feeling of your sort of boots on the grass and singing your national anthem and, and having your, your best sort of mates around you and, and all having sort of a common goal there. And it's, it's a, it's a pretty beautiful experience. Um, but it was it was great in both settings. Um, I don't think I'd change it, you know. We do have our first question on DM. It comes from uh, a listener, John Corbett, from down in Australia. Uh, guys, he asked, what is the, the potential of this event and how many teams would you like to see in it ideally? Yeah, the, in the World Cup, I imagine yeah. John's talking about. I think the expansion to a 16-team World Cup is absolutely necessary. I think we're going to see it, especially this is going to be the most competitive World Cup that we've ever, ever seen. Um, and I think it's really hard to say sort of one through 12, who ends up where, where I think in the past couple of World Cups, it's been pretty clear who's going to end up, you know, top six at least. Um, so I think that's a, that's a really neat thing about this World Cup. And I think it shows that we need a 16 team World Cup just to make standings even easier at the end and sort of the outcomes easier where, you know, you're, you're playing for top two. You're not just playing for possible third, but you know, top yeah. two third best team. Like it, it just makes it really awkward. Um, so I think having that 16th team is going to be really monumental. And I think seeing this world cup, um, it shows that there's a need for it. Yeah. I hope someone is uh, keeping track of all of the data around um, ticket sales and people tuning into the live stream. Cause John's question around the potential for this event, right? It's a, it feels like a really pivotal time for women's sports in general. And and what better way to sort of highlight the need for um, investment and resources for women's rugby in the world right now um, than a 40,000 
fan sold out game, right? Like it clearly there is a, a desire. Now we just have to sort of build the mechanism to make sure that we can give the fans what they want um, and, and, and what the players deserve. Let's come stay side. Um, as I say that again, listeners, if you want to ask more questions about the world cup, please, it's okay. We're going to do this out of order. There's no rules really. Well, there are some rules, but not that kind of rule. <laughs> But come on up, ask questions, folks. Let, let's jump to Stateside. Let's talk WPL. You, know, you two have been working hard on making WPL a success, you know, directing it towards professionalism one day. Uh, let's talk about the current state of the competition. You know, either one of you jump in. Are, are we back to pre-COVID form, at the very least? Are we back to pre-COVID form? No, I, I, I would unfortunately say not yet. Um, I think I think taking off two, two years of rugby domestically really hindered hindered us both in our ability to organize and our ability to 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 execute at a high level um and and really it was it was that in and of itself where a few of us were like this isn't sustainable anymore you know mm -hmm. we were really grinding it out and and making it work because we had we knew what it felt like to make it work but but two years off we sort of forgot and and um if we want it to be something that grows and is sustainable and isn't so reliant on the backs of the players themselves, we have to make some, some real serious changes. And, and like, what kind of changes can you talk more specifically about that? Are we talking about money? Obviously, are we talking about <laughs> you know, us, you know, dividing the league up a bit more where it's more regional, you know, what kind of changes are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, financial investment for sure always, but, but even yeah. still part of it was, um, taking a step back and sort of assessing the infrastructure of the league, right? Like it's a completely player run league and it has been um, the entire time it's existed, which honestly is a, uh, is a testament to the grit of women's rugby players um, uh, in general. But, you know, it's how do we, how do we set ourselves up for growth, right? We need, we need a true nonprofit board of directors that can run vision and strategy. We need a true staff layer so that the capacity is to run and organize and elevate the, the execution of the operations of the league where it's not, you know, you're not taking phone calls from a different team while you're also trying to boot up for your game. Um, so just, just some, some things like that from, from the league level. And then, we need more rugby in in the U.S. We need we yeah. need more high level competitive games, um, and we need to we need a we need to figure out our fundraising model and our our revenue model to to make sure all those things can happen and we can eventually get to a place where it's not pay to play and we are actually paying the athletes in the league. That's that's a few years out for sure, but it, what fixes can we do today? that get us there tomorrow, you know? The other, the other bit of that is we know, you know, the, the U S um, outside investors will quite often see money signs when it comes to this. And, and we know the landscape of women's rugby in this country. And we know that it's not um, just such an easy fix as to like, in terms of play, player welfare and what is best for, um, you know, all of us here in this country is, is quite different than it's, it's just a different landscape. So really trying to take in some of the account, but basically saying, you know, we look at like the English premiership and they'll play 18 regular season games and we were playing eight, you know, they'll have 
12 internationals in a year and we have three. And so just in general, yeah. when we look at the international stage, they're, they're able to compete at that because they've been in the arena. They've had the, the pressure put on, put on them in, in multiple ways before. And we have struggled to sort of um, mimic that even to give people that, that type of experience. And so I do think that's sort of what you see when it comes to a world cup where it's like, we just don't have um, people who have had the same experiences consistently enough times. And so we need to, we need to create the mechanisms and, and the opportunities for folks to have that. All right. We have two listeners with questions. Let's start off with our friends at the scrum of the earth. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm really curious. So it feels like women's rugby is at a new level. Uh, it feels like this is a breakthrough year in uh, in a lot of ways. I think it's um, proof positive that the the professional model is working because you know the way I've heard it described is a sort of a changing of the guard, where you know these new teams that are are actually willing to invest money. It's paying off, and we've got these this sort of massive top three. But I I just wonder. Is this like it happened with women's soccer, where all of a sudden women's soccer blew it up, and then suddenly Major League Soccer became a thing in America, and people started paying attention. Uh, to me, women's rugby has that the chance to do the same thing, where like the women have always been ahead of our men's program, and here we are on this massive stage. Um, is, is this the beginning of a, a renaissance for USA rugby in general, led by the women? Well, yeah, I think I think part of that, that's what we're talking about, right? Like, we we know the landscape and we know sort of the hindrances and what that looks like. So it can't just be, you know, here, let's just throw a bunch of money at it and see what sticks. It really does have to be a, like, how do we build this and, and make it work for all of the different parties and, and inside of, you know, this sort of unique landscape that is the USA that nobody else has to deal with the same <laughs> You know, like, God, I, I bought a house in Minnesota last year and I can't get onto a field four months out of the 12 months of the year, you know, <laughs> like, it's just like, there are, there are things, uh, and it's, it's too bloody cold, but that's a whole other argument. Um, but yeah, there are just things that we have to do, but I do think that this is a tipping point in a lot of ways. Uh, we just have to make sure that we get the infrastructure right to actually make this sustainable because I think that's the biggest thing. Like we need systemic growth and investment, not just, you know, a, an initial like, boom, let's just throw a bunch of money at it and see what works. Um, the other piece to build off of that too is, is, you know, the WPL was originally put together to be a pipeline for national team players. Right. And that is, that is so important and definitely um, will will be a outcome but what we need to start thinking about now is developing the domestic game so that we are just at a we're just at a level where everyone is playing the highest level of women's rugby available to us in the US and it doesn't matter if your your end goal is to be on the national team right like that product is going to naturally we're going to naturally have that pipeline be it be its own thing but we're providing a platform and a space for elite level women's rugby holistically regardless of what your end goal is as an athlete um and i think that that's just gonna do so much good for the game overall um in general love it and great question 
thought we had one other question, but I think he's dropped out. He's just listening in now. So what we're going to do is uh, we only have a minute left with you guys. So I want to ask more questions. Sam, you have a new podcast, uh, Scrum Down USA. Tell us about it, you know, and what drove you to get your own podcast? Yeah, actually, it's it's so it's the brainchild of my friend Ali Schrenker, um, who's also part of the the pool for this World Cup. And really, the thought process behind it is um, providing a platform for all of everyone in women's rugby and in rugby in general. We hope to get some some men on there too. Um, about let's let's shed some light on the stories and the experiences of what it means to play rugby. Um, at an elite level, at national team level, club side, and um, hopefully by s- spreading some, sharing the stories, we can start to see the themes where we need to make the most improvements, right? Um, right now, I think uh, part of part of some of the, the lack of investment gets to happen because there's so much turnover of players, right? And you don't it's always a new problem, right? Or a new lack of investment. Whereas we've been seeing it for a long time and um, some of it's really simple fixes. And also I think that in general, uh, they're going to be really fun stories to hear too. Um, so I'm, I'm super excited to sort of use it as a platform, have have all the people that we know and love share their stories and, and, and use it as another mechanism to elevate and grow women's rugby. Well, it sounds awesome. Looking forward to listening to some episodes. Um, Sam, Hannah, thank you both so much for joining us uh, from New Zealand. Um, enjoy your time while you're down there, and uh, let's go Eagles. Awesome. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. Let's go USA. Awesome. Go Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>